What's up, everybody? It's LG Set here. You're listening to The First Mint, a podcast where I talk about NFTs and the world of Web3. The podcast comes out every Monday morning and occasionally on Wednesdays. If you like this content and you want some more, feel free to visit our Twitter page at The First Mint. So last week on Tuesday, March 15th, I came back from vacation. It was my first day back from a much needed vacation. And for everybody who wished me a nice vacation, thank you. It was needed and I feel great coming back. On Tuesday last week, it was my first day back and it started with a bang at 7.30 a.m. my time on the Pacific side, West Coast. I hosted on the First Mint Twitter a Spaces for the first NFTU drop, which is part of the Recur ecosystem. They're dropping college basketball NFTs of various different players. They are associated with a bunch of different schools and the players themselves and have a much bigger plan under the hood. Today, we're going to chat with Trevor and Zach, the co-founders of Recur, and they're going to tell us about what's to come in the Recur ecosystem, what uh, you know, how they got started, how they got started at NFTs, why they decided to build this brand, and also maybe give us a little bit of alpha in terms of what other IP is coming down the pipe. The Recur Pass is the NFT that you can grab right now on the secondary market. It gives you early access to all the brands or most of the brands that you're going to hear about today. And all of this, including this interview and everything you've seen on the First Mint, is part of our partnership with Recur. We're very honored to be partnered with them and that they wanted to promote their products and their community on the First Mint. It's a great fit for us. So have a listen to my interview with Zach and Trevor from Recur. This is the first mint. Ladies and gentlemen of the first mint, we haven't had a guest on in a while. I was away, but to make up for lost time, we have not one, but two people on the podcast today. Zach Brush, Trevor George, the co-founders of Recur, which is behind NFTU, which is dropping some awesome college basketball NFTs that we've been covering on the First Mint. Gentlemen, it's great to have you. What's up? It's great to be here. Yo, it's good. Well, I mean, it's it's uh, stoked to have you guys. You know, we we've been aware at the first minute of the Recur Pass since since the drop for a long time, um, and it's great to see you guys having dropped finally some other NFTs like beyond the pass. We're recording this on Thursday the seventeenth. You know, there's some very important college games literally starting right this minute. You guys did your first drop this week. Just give me a sense. How do you, what is the feeling right now? at like Recur HQ, like how, how what, what is your mindset right now? How are you guys feeling? Yeah, we, we worked an entire year to get to this point. You know, while we did drop the Recur Pass back in December, uh, to, to get from my perspective, this is Trevor, by the way, to, you know, I, I handle a lot of the creative licensing and marketing on, 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 on our side to tell the stories that we want to tell. And it's not like doing two deals with the NBA and the Players Association. There are like dozens of IP rights holders, not including the fact that all the colleges are completely separate and you have to do a deal with every single individual college. So when, when, when there's an NFT, you know, the player is a deal, the video clip is a deal, the logo of the college is a deal. And sometimes there's two or three other players just in that one NFT itself. So this is a year a year plus in the making that has been a huge undertaking and Recur HQ could not be more excited to see it come to life. It was smooth, it looks great, and the community showed up at, you know, at, at large and it was, it was incredible. And it's still going on, right? We, have, we got a ton more drops over the next handful of weeks, so it's, everyone still heads down, we're building, we're shipping, we have other stuff coming up, but people are pumped because this, as Trevor mentioned, is a big experience to put out. So, so how do you? So, what's the, what's the emotion for you guys? You feel good, you feel relieved, you feel like the work's just getting started. Where are you at? For after after you just described Trevor, like an enormous amount of work in the last year. I think I, I think it's just beginning. I mean, I think there's two ways to celebrate a touchdown. I don't think we're dancing. I, I think we're 
I think we're really happy. I think that this is just the beginning and, and you know, week one of uh, an incredible amount to come. I mean, just, just think about this one thing alone. We announced this Learfield deal. It's coming to college ticketing. It's coming to all the college websites. It's coming to every campus and every stadium and every arena. I mean, this is just the beginning. This was with none of that. So I, I think it's, it's awesome. Let's get to work. There we go. Okay, there we go. So you're pumped. You're feeling good. That's great. That's that's what I wanted to hear. What? How did you guys? Oh. How did how did you guys land on NFTs? How did how like? Well, actually, tell me the story. How you guys first know each other, and then and then like what came first? Like meeting or the the NFT headlines? Or you guys we should make something about this? How did that start? So I'll, I'll jump in first and give a quick bit about my background because I've been in crypto forever. Um, so okay, been around NFTs forever, but it, you know I wasn't always. Uh, you know, I didn't always think it was going to be this huge market. That took a while uh, to, to grow on me. And then ultimately, eventually began realizing it could be a, a product market fit for crypto. Um, but been in the space for over 10 years. And then the past five years or so professionally started at Kraken, which is today one of the largest crypto mm. exchanges in the world. And after Kraken, I was at DRW in Cumberland, which became the largest crypto trading desk in the world. So we're the largest traders in, in crypto period. And a good friend of mine in Chicago was this guy named Andrew Steinwald um, when I was out there. And he was a huge proponent of NFTs and was one of the first introductory points for me even further into NFTs. Obviously, CryptoKitties was something that was going on but wasn't as interesting uh, to me in, in 2017, 2018. Andrew started bringing it up and then that re reignited things within me and then CryptoPunks and so on. And then me and my brother uh, ended up doing a drop in, in February, early February with Fuocious, which was the first uh, million dollar in under five minutes NFT drop. And then NFT was trending on Twitter uh, and that was super exciting. And one of uh, my really good friends, who is coincidentally one of Trevor's really good friends, was like, you guys need to be talking. And we had been in a similar friend group because Trevor was also thinking about exploring NFTs. And we realized we had a perfect synergy together, given what Trevor's background is. But I'll let Trevor talk to his background. Uh, but it was just a perfect combination. And we say it all the time that, you know, we're, we're co-CEOs with totally different backgrounds and experiences. And it becomes a superpower of ours that we're able to run this business together and pass various things off to each other and have a ton of trust with one another. But I'll pass to Trevor to talk sort of about his background because it's super relevant and really impressive and it's a big reason why we've been able to acquire a ton of the IP that we have. Real quick, real quick before you do that, uh, Zach, great shout out to Andrew, to Andrew Steinwald. That is, um, I have a similar story. I don't, I, I've chatted with Andrew a couple times, but one of the first things that got made me learn that I used to learn a lot about NFTs was his two-part interview with Pranksy uh, about the mid to late 2020. And that was a that was a huge turning point for me in terms of understanding how this world worked, and um, had the pleasure of, of of meeting Andrew briefly as well in New York. So, um, shout out Andrew, host of Zima Red podcast, a great resource for NFTs as well. Uh, Trevor, over to you though, yeah, because you're you're the licensing guru, so we want to hear from that. Yeah, you'll see you'll see the two worlds collide. But my my licensing, I grew up in a licensing business. We my a company my dad started in 1990. We would acquire rights from brands like Disney and Warner Brothers uh, and Paramount, and we would make t-shirts. It started that way. And we were the first company in the entertainment space to get into print-on-demand, just like Fanatics did in the sports space, which meant that we could print one product at a time, just in time. If someone won a game, if a movie came out and it was viral, and in between 2007 and, and 2020, uh, the company scaled to become one of the largest direct-to-consumer companies of physical merch. And the whole time, I kept looking at these machines, making these physical products, and thinking, you know, what, what, could, you, what could you sell with these licenses digitally? And then all of a sudden, NFTs come out of nowhere, for me at least. And I realized that night, when I was sent an article about NFTs, that this was going to be the future because you could prove ownership of something digital. And I knew that I had just led the entire licensing's digital transformation. And for me to turn around and go back to them and say, look, the same thing we did in physical products, let's do it all over again. I didn't have a blockchain or crypto background. And that's when Zach and I's mutual friend put, put each other together. We had both gone to the University of Michigan and you know, we had one phone call and right then and there, we began. 
So what was the time frame then from when you guys got like linked up to when you were like on the phone with you're saying University of Michigan was the first call. Like what 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 kind of came first? Like do you did you guys chat first and then you were like, let's do this and then see if University of Michigan is interested? Like how does that kind of how did that shape up? LG, it went like this. Trevor and I had tangentially known each other, you know, for a while because we have mutual best friends, but we got on mm-hmm. that phone. And we didn't stop talking for 24-7, essentially, till today. Mm-hmm. The call mm-hmm. hasn't ended. We're still on it, right? We're on the journey from that exact moment. So I think we yeah. had the call. The business was officially formed a week later or maybe less. Right. And we were off to the races. And we went after all the IP, you know, not just University mm-hmm. of Michigan, but went after college and, and Viacom and San Rio and a bunch of others that aren't announced yet. And... We started building it and building our team, and today we're a, over 170 people. Um, we have so much in store, but you know, mm-hmm. it was that moment, that call, it clicked for both of us that you know mm-hmm. we were the right duo, and uh, that was that. What what that, that's awesome, and congrats, guys! It's it's that's really wonderful to find a partner that way in the business world. So so happy for you guys, and, and great to hear that. I've thank you for allowing me to briefly join your twenty four seven call. Um, it's an it's an on, it's an honor. Um, what that first call at like University of Michigan, and then any of the other calls that you guys first made, like what like we're talking a year ago, right? Like now NFTs is like now NFTs is obvious, especially for brands, for 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 schools, athletes, all that kind of stuff. Like now it's just like which what kind of NFTs you want to make? What do you what do you want to give to your community? But a year ago, totally different, right? Like obviously things like Topshot were making waves and CryptoKitties and and um, everything, punks and all that. But it was still like, that's a hard sell, man, right? So Trevor, like what what was it like? Like you call up your contacts, right? And they're, you know, they'd known you for a long time. And you're like, hey, listen, uh, you should sell something that exists only in the computer. What do they say? Yeah, well, you know, you have to understand what brands want and when they license their IP out to a different category, they're really looking to extend their narrative, connect with their fan base in a new and unique way, but not risk their brand at the same time. And I have a track record. I have a 30-year track record of executing, and specifically in the past decade, I have a track record of taking content and selling it direct to consumer online. Technically, the merch that we sell online, there really is no inventory behind it. It's just an image, technically. And when someone orders it, then it gets printed and shipped. So all, you know, it sounds a little easier than, than, than it does. It's very different than if a purely crypto or NFT company were to reach out to a licensed brand. That's risky to them, right? Because it's a risky, risky, interesting, new nascent space that, you know, they're all just hearing about. But the difference is, you know, when someone who executes and is currently working with the brand comes to the table with a solution that covers all of the hit points and me not trying to claim that I'm a blockchain or crypto expert. And certainly I've learned an incredible amount by, by partnering with Zach and bringing in the team that we did. It was, it, it, it made things feel a lot more at home than it did, you know, comparatively speaking to just pure crypto and pure NFTs. It felt like home in the conversations that we've been in and continue to have. I love hearing that kind of like the extension of the brand narrative, but like, were there, were there any meetings where like they took the meeting and they're like, listen, Trevor, we love you, but this is, this is a terrible idea. We're like, there, have there been any like that? No, don't need, no need to name names, but I'm just thinking even myself, like with my peer group or my ex colleagues and stuff like that, like early on people were like, listen, LG, like this is, this is nuts what you're doing. This is a terrible idea. Of course. And it's not, it's not so much though. Hey, Trevor awesome. I don't like the idea. It's more so they're, you know, they don't need to be in this space technically, right? Usually a brand's core business is to make a movie or put on a basketball game uh, or put up, you know, put on a sport that's broadcasted on television. That's their core business. So anytime they get into a new category, many people don't want to be first. So it's not, it's not so much like, Hey, NFTs are a bad idea. It's I'm going to wait. I'm going to do my research. I don't need to be first. I'm going to hear it out, and it, and maybe one day we'll enter. Yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. Uh, well, let's chat. Let's 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 dive into the part that you were actually, uh, I guess, selling them on or, or or trying to convince them of. You guys named the company Recur. You sold the Recur Pass early on. What is the why Recur and why this uh, portal, Zach? 
it's not a digital donut. It's a portal. But why did you go that with that motif? Like you guys could create an NFT brand. You know, you're clearly creating a wonderful platform where you're going to have lots of different brands and great people come through. Well, how did you land on Recur and this like really kind of cool looking portal thing? So I think the first and foremost, like why we're called Recur. And one of the things that we did for the community and open sourced right away, like literally right within the first couple of weeks of the business was we co-authored EIP 2981, which is the recurring royalty standard for NFTs. And what this does, it allows an athlete, creator, artist, actor, I mean, you name it, to participate in the secondary sale of their NFTs forever, no matter where it trades, and always see a recurring royalty. And that is really game-changing because it hadn't existed prior. You had to only work with a certain marketplace for royalty, and this allows for those royalties to happen across marketplace, which is super compelling and so meaningful for any athlete, actor, artist, creator. I mean, think about that, right? It's incredible. And as we thought about the portal, the portal to the metaverse is essentially how we allow all of our brands we are the starting point and we allow all of our brands to spew out and go out to all different parts of the metaverse. Why? Because we're blockchain agnostic, meaning people can take assets off of our platform onto a chain of their choice into a metaverse built on one chain or a marketplace on another or a social media app somewhere else. And the brands are pumped about this because it allows their assets to go and explore the metaverse and the consumer, the fan, is able to and will be able to purchase our NFTs and really have true ownership of them because they'll be able to bring it with them where they want. And this portal becomes their access point to the metaverse. So that was everything that was why the, the portal, why recur, but it's, a, it's really like all about our chain agnostic approach, which really then in turn equals true ownership because these fans can take these assets wherever they want and see the utility uh, behind these things. Right. Yeah. Okay. I like, I, I didn't realize that you guys, you, you said you, what did you do with that? With the EI, EIP 2981, you patented it? No, we co-authored that and open sourced it. Oh, so you guys developed it. Yeah. Yeah. We co-authored Holy it, shit, op- open, open sourced it. Now all sorts of artists, creators, even outside of our business are using it. And we're super pumped about that because it empowers them and allows all these creators and artists and athletes to continue getting back that royalty. And of course, it's in all of our smart contracts. So we too can make sure the athletes, artists, and creators are enjoying in the upside in perpetuity. And that's a big part of what NFTs are all about is, you know, making sure that that artist, that athlete, whoever can continue to participate. Right. And it's, it's really powerful. Wow. Okay. So I didn't realize you guys authored that. What was the, what was the process for that, I don't think we've ever had a guest on the podcast who like like literally co-authored a, a token standard. Where do you where do you start to do something like that? Like this is this is, this is what I mean. We got a bit of a more technical question, but uh, I'm really curious about that. How do you go and develop that? So you you have to actually work with the community, right, for it to get passed mm. because these are decentralized, um, you know, uh, blockchains, right? So an EIP is an Ethereum improvement proposal. So you actually make a proposal to the community, you work on it, uh, and then they pass it, uh, and ours passed. Uh, and you know, we co-authored it with uh, a few others and uh, put a lot of work into it, and, and it passed. So we're, we're proud of that, and you know, we're gonna continue to doing all sorts of interesting things for the community cool. in the ecosystem, and that's part of our ethos and who we are. Man, I love that. So are there, are there any other uh, businesses, any other uh, DAOs or anything else like that using that standard right now that you know of? Yeah, I mean, ton, ton, tons of people are. I mean, Manifold yeah. came out with a royalty registry. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they reference our EIP in it al- along with a few mm-hmm. others so that anybody using, uh, you know, or being part of that royalty registry uh, ends up receiving the royalty. So, you know, OpenSeas has signaled uh, support for it and Nifty Gateway and a ton, a ton of others. So, you know, it's, it's being used and artists are implementing it into their smart contracts as well, too. So it's it's, it's definitely mm-hmm. being used it's, and it's, you know, the standard. Man, that's awesome. Congrats, man. I, I did not know that. And I love I love literally discovering new info on these shows. So um, thanks for sharing that, Zach. And I guess, you know, thanks for your contribution to to, to Web3 and to the, you know, the Ethereum ecosystem. That's really great. You guys started it. There you go. It's a, it's a team effort. Um, I do want to jump back to the Recur Pass. I've got one. 
Uh, it's got some wonderful colors on it, and I just kind of want to talk about that for anybody that doesn't know really what the Recur Pass is or listening to this because they want to get in on NFTU. Um, we know why you, you called it Recur. Tell us about the actual pass, the colors, the numbers, any alpha you can share there as to what that pass is all about. Great question. And I know uh, sometimes there are a lot of questions about the Recur Pass. The uh, birth of the Recur Pass came from the fact that we acknowledged there is a community of us that are bootstrapping this industry and that we recur were about to usher in millions and, and tens of millions of fans from brands that uh, likely that they're not thinking about crypto or NFTs today. Um, like any one of the brands that we represent or college sports, you name it, you know, 98% of them might not have crypto or have purchased NFT yet and they may be ushered into the space. And so we wanted to create a, a project with utility for the existing community to benefit uh, from all of the brands that we bring into the space. And so by holding a recur pass, the first form of utility is that you will get early access each time we initially usher in a brand into the metaverse. Not every drop, but the first set of drops. And the idea behind the first set of utility was designed around the analogy that if I was Pokemon 20 years ago, and I had a fan base in the early days of the company. And I said, hey, everyone, I really appreciate that you're here. You've made Pokemon what it is today. And, and, and in result, I'm going to give you the chance to buy our first edition Pokemon cards before anyone else. You know, we're going to make as many as we can. We can't guarantee every single person will get one, but you will have the chance to, to snag one. And that is the same way we think about, you know, the very first editions of everything that we're doing, like the first ever collegiate NFTs minted on NFTU, the first ever NFTs minted by Star Trek. There will be the chance for recur pass holders to get their hands on one. Now, as you've mentioned, there's passes with different numbers and different colors. It's part, in, part, art, it's part art generative project and part utility project. The numbers and the colors is our way of creating unique forms of utility in the future over and above early access. Has any of that been published yet? No. Have we said anything about it yet? No, we have. <laughs> but rest assured, we have five-year contracts with, with the biggest brands in the world. What do you think is going to happen in very short order due time with all of the other rarities and sequences and different combinations of numbers that uh, could experience our brands in different ways. It's coming. Trevor, you're speaking my language, man. Ambiguous future mysteries is like literally what I think NFTs are all about. Like I often compared NFTs to like a Russian doll, like the, um, you know, the ones that like open and then there's like many different, like the smaller doll inside. And that that's like, to me is what a perfect NFT is. Is that something that just, Every once in a while, it opens again, and you're like, "Oh shit!" There's actually way more here, and I didn't know that. And even you know, this week, you know, apes are the, the coin is out and everything, and that's a really great example of something that opened into so much more for the initial holders, right? Um, and I love what you're saying because even from the day we bought the recur passes in the first mid Discord, a few of us were in on it, or quite a few of us. Uh, we're like, okay, what, what are the numbers, right? And then in the recurb Discord, people are like, you wanted numbers, of, you want uh, all the same number, you know, or whatever, and everyone had all these theories. Um, but it's great to hear that some of those theories may come true, but it, that it'll take its time. And I like that. I love I love multiple layers of mystery, right? Or multiple layers of access where it's like the recur pass gives us early access to the NFTU drops and to maybe more that's coming but then later, the you know whether you have twos or threes or pinks or blues or whatever, that will matter in some way as well. I absolutely, I love that level of depth. It one hundred percent will. Everything we do is intentional. There is always a reason why we do something, uh, and we've spent the year building an entire exchange infrastructure, fiat on and off ramps, collecting, acquiring IP, designing the NFTs, going to market, and we're here. And all of these things are about to begin, especially related to the recur pass rarities and the numbers and the colors uh, over the next few months. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. 
You also you also triggered me a little bit there, Trevor, with your Pokemon reference, because um, I am of the level of n- nerd when I was a t- younger, where you know I was uh, I had a subscription to a magazine called Nintendo Power, and I read about Pokemon, and I went to Walmart the day it came out in Canada to buy it, and no one else was there because Pokemon was like a sleeper for the first bit, like no one really knew what it was in North America, and it was coming from Japan, and just the idea that it from buying my initial red cartridge, you had to choose between red and blue. Uh, and then once in the game, obviously you have to choose, um, you know, between three, three Pokemon. Um, the idea that that initial purchase on the first day being like a, what, maybe an early adopter uh, when I was like 12 or whatever, the idea that that would have turned into so much more is really fascinating to me, right? And is something that I preach in NFTs is like this is this is this retroactively think of all the great stuff that you've you've purchased or you've been a fan of your life and you felt like you were early. That's what NFTs will actually help you like quantify that and and enable the brand to reward you for being one of the first buyers. Um, so, so you triggered me there, Trevor, with the Pokemon reference. I was going to say it's even more than that too because what happens is it triggers all these memories just like you're talking about right now. Yeah. And the NFTs are able to capture that. Like even right when we're talking about Pokemon, we all probably like think back to one specific moment. Like I used to remember like when I would play Pokemon, I would invite one of my friends over to my house and we would sit down on the Game Boy and and play it together. Like I I literally remember that. And obviously the cards too. I remember trying to literally- Did you have the connector cable so you could battle? You needed the connector cable. So there was also the cable that you can trade and you know, you'd pass the Pokeballs through that through that cable too. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had the cable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so I had the connector cable and there was also a way to actually put it on the on on the TV at, at one point too. That came later. My friend had that. I did not. But the point is that these memories are all there. Like I do remember trading Pokemon with some of my friends at a pizza place, like and all sorts of things like that. And NFTs really extend that narrative and the storytelling and what could happen in the future. And then it lives on, right? You can continue to interact with it in perpetuity and do all sorts of different things in the future. So it opens up all new sorts of possibilities. And especially with all the IP that we're working with, it's it's iconic and there's nostalgia and there's fan bases. It's, it's incredible. So that's just it's what you touched on right there from the Pokemon mm-hmm. perspective is completely true. Well, I feel like it's all this is like, you know, as a as a grown man now, it's always like, you know, for before NFTs, you know, I always felt I was like, mm, you know, I had all these comics and all these figurines and all this all these cards and all this stuff when I was a kid and that's done. You know, it's over and I don't really play video games anymore. I obviously don't play Pokemon anymore. I feel like through collecting NFTs and being part of these communities, I'm like, holy shit, I never I never realized that I could do this as an adult with other adults and that it would somehow be kind of normal and accepted to be like a mega nerd again, right? And I mean that in a really positive way. And uh, I got to use that as a jumping off point for you guys to give us like a preview of what else what else is coming down the pipe, right? Because we've seen what's on the site. You know, we know we're getting the philosophy now from you guys in terms of what, how you guys want to unlock fan bases, how you see the reward system, how you see the gamification system, NFTU, you guys have signed dozens, hundreds of schools and athletes and, and plenty more to come, come clearly where, where we've done one drop of eight for this series. Lots of other stuff on the docket that we've seen on the site. What's coming down the pipe? Great question. Let's start with NFTU. The first thing I want to say is commons matter. There will be a challenge system introduced at the shortly after the end of this eight-week season, which will allow you to trade up and subsequently burn the supply to to get more rare NFTs. So commons matter. Is any Second is that thing, public? Is that does anybody know that part? Does that come out? Kind of ish. There, there, there is a how to play that there is a how to play tab at the top of the site um, in the navigation that talks about that. I don't think it blatantly says that commons matter. I, I usually know this part. I'm just, but I just, I literally came back from vacation like two days ago. So I'm still, I'm just catching up a little bit. Literally, the first thing I did come back from vacation was Spaces with you, Zach. Like that was like, I was I get like, it. LG, you're going to go onto the NFTU marketplace. You're about to sweep the floor of all the comments. <laughs> we got it. We got you. And then, I'll, and then I'll be tagged in an NFT ethics thread for insider trading. Yes, exactly. No, I'm just kidding. Behave yourself. <laughs> Behave yourselves. Everyone knows Behave that. Yourself. Everyone knows that. You know, we have gamification coming. Every, you know, all of our NFTs matter, but of course, commons are important. 
Absolutely. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Trevor, back to you. Second thing we announced, uh, on, um, two Mondays ago, our significant partnership with Learfield and all of its subsidiaries. And for those who don't understand what Learfield is, they're the 800 pound gorilla in college and they service colleges in many different ways, such as they power all of college ticketing through their subsidiary Pacquiao. They build and power all of the athletic and sports websites and apps. So when students and fans and alumni go and look at game times and player stats and buy tickets, they access one of these websites powered by Sidearm. And Learfield also powers all of the uh, ad inventory on campus and in the stadiums. Uh, Zach and I are actually going to Texas next week to meet with their whole team to get to work. And what I can tell you is coming shortly, is an integration of NFTU into all those areas for college collecting. Ticketing, on the sites and apps, where all the traffic is, and uh, we are gonna be present on campus and in stadium at every major college we have a relationship with. So, you know, if we think about the community we have today, imagine where the community will be, say, come fall football season. This truly is the first edition of college collecting there will never be another first edition. And it's all, you, all sports, you, of all sports. Like, think about it. If you're an NBA player, yeah. your real rookie card is college. That's your real rookie card, oh, right? Yeah, so absolutely. It's, 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 it's legendary. So, like, these are the real first editions that exist in the collecting mm-hmm. space is that college moment. And it, it's, that's another big part of it. Well, they're also brief, Zach. That's what, I, that's what I really like about this project as well is that um, – you know things like NBA or NHL, NFL. It's like it's like a player will have a you know hopefully a long and, and fantastic career, um, but there's always going to be a chance for for they'll play multiple seasons, uh, they'll play a decade long more. Um, I like I like this concept of it being like hey like like this performance, this one or two or, or maybe four years, is what helped them get in the draft position and, and kind of really kind of define what their career became right and. I really love that idea, right? And even like you guys are saying, it's like the true rookie card. It's like it's not just the true rookie card. It's like it's like it's like a frozen moment in time from when you know before before they were all that, but when they became that, right? So um, I, I love that concept. Also, um, and can you guys compare it? So this Learfield um, thing, I, I have a sense of what Learfield is. Is there? Can you guys compare it to another like? Company because it's it, it seems to me like I just want to fully understand because even when that news broke, I know a lot of people in our community are like, what exactly is Learfield? Because it's not necessarily like a giant brand that they they interact with it, but they haven't necessarily heard of it, the actual brand name. Is there something you guys can compare it to? Because it, it does so much. They do so much at Learfield. Think about it this way. It's not necessarily you, – you can't compare it to the league. Like NBA, the league, provides a lot of services to each team that is owned individually. And they – and they aggregate all the teams into one. That's synonymous with the NCAA as an example. But what Learfield does is they provide all these services to an extremely fragmented space because what are we talking about? Collecting from college sports and every single college is an independently owned institution. So you have 60-ish schools in the Power Five plus however many more after that, they're all individually owned. They're not gonna go create their own ticketing platform. They're not going to go create their own athletic websites to power game stats and, and uh, game times and all the content information. They're not going to manage the business of their stadiums and inventory each individually. So what happens is there's basically this conglomerate, Learfield, that years ago um, under this name Collegiate Licensing Company you know, went to every single individual college and said, look, I'm going to provide you a set of services to help you activate and grow you know your collegiate sports business and they years 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 ago sort of cornered the market and became uncontested the largest player there there really is no competitor for Learfield they are the only entity in college that basically powers all of their infrastructure for for sports and the college all they have to do is get players and, and compete thank you for thank you for explaining that that's great I do have to ask before we talk about other brands and Zach, I forgot to ask you this the other day. College sports in the U.S., really big deal. I'm in Canada. Uh, not the same, but 
We still have some cool schools here. We still have some stars come out of Canada sometimes. Uh, most of them go to the U.S. out of high school, but that's okay. I don't know if any of the Canadian schools are on your radar. I don't know if that's something you guys ever talked about. Just putting that out there, okay? I went to a school called Ryerson. Uh, when I was there, their basketball team didn't win a game for six years. So just, I'm just, I'm just saying, if that ever comes down the pipe, you know, just let me know. We can make, we can make NFTs of poutine, you know. (laughs) That's just a low blow, man. That's just a low blow because I'm also French Canadian. So now you're actually just, now you're just pulling the heartstrings proper. I got a lot of family in Montreal, but hey, we actually sold NFTs to people in 70 different countries. And I think what this really shows is how global NFTs are. It's a global product. And that means the community that's part of NFTU is global as well too. What, hold on, which, what what were some of the more like uh, obscure countries, like countries I wouldn't expect on that list? What is 70? I don't have the list in front of me, so I don't know what you would consider most obscure, but (laughs) there were 70 different countries here. Thanks guys for for NFTU and for, for, uh, Learfield, that's great to know. What else, right? You guys, you soft floated some uh, nerdier stuff to me, Zach, the other day. Uh, we see the stuff on the website, Trevor. What, 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 what else are we getting with this recur pass? Yep. Um, so I'll tell you the sequence of brands that we are launching. For any given reason, sometimes these things change, but so far, this is the foreseeable sequence. After. Uh, in, in, in about less than a month, about three weeks, we're launching Star Trek. I can't give you the exact date, but I'll give you a hint in a second. After Star Trek comes Nickelodeon. And as you know, Nickelodeon has many different TV shows and, and brands that we grew up with, we know about, that we collect today physically too. It's gonna be incredible. After Nickelodeon is Top Gun, we're going Maverick. Did that movie, is that movie coming, is that movie coming out? Did it come out? It might be timed with the movie coming out in May. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Well, sorry. I just, I'm still in a blur of which films were postponed due to the pandemic. So, okay. So it has not come out yet. Great. I'm excited for that. Yep. After that, Hello Kitty and Friends and Friends, because it was just originally Hello Kitty. Now it's Hello Kitty and Friends. Who's, who are Hello Kitty's friends? I don't know. Uh, I didn't know Hello Kitty had there's friends. There's a ton. Oh, shit. Cinema roll. She has tons. What? <laughs> Check it out. Oh, yeah. What do you mean? Hold Hello on. Kitty's Hold got on. I got to look friends. this up. Whoa. Who are these people? I didn't know there's all these other people. <laughs> Hello Kitty universe. <laughs> who's, this, who's this yellow dog guy? Cool. Okay. Uh, tons. Tons. Clearly. Pom pom. Purin? Okay. I'm Pump learning. Purin, I'm going to yeah. learn a lot. I'm going to learn a lot about Hello Kitty with my recur pass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, Karopi the Frog. Oh. Cool. Tuxedo Sam. Uh, immediately, I'm in for... Uh, I need a legendary Tuxedo Sam. I'm going to tell you right now. Wait till you see what we're doing with Hello Kitty. It's going to be amazing. Then we have Care Bears, uh, and I'll stop there. Yeah. I mean, that's just the beginning, and all of that's happening within the next four months. Cool. So are these, so these, um, these brands, like this is like, this is, you're bringing this stuff out of the treasure chest, man, with Care Bears. Like that is long, long, long time ago. Is that like, are they like, what's, you know, it's one thing to, I guess, convince different schools to do this, but it's another thing to tell someone be like, Hey, listen, like we're going to bring Care Bears back here in NFT form. What are they, what are they, uh, you know, what's their first reaction, Trevor, when you're telling them that, you're pitching them that on that? Like, are they like, oh, that, you know, it's gonna be hard to get the IP out. We gotta uh, contact the artists. Like, what's what's the deal there for when you're bringing these out? Well, I think the first reaction is, okay, I'm game, I'm down to listen. But when they hear our next request, that's when they think we're totally nuts. Uh, because for the first time ever, we are launching new Care Bears that have never before been seen because the narrative of the collecting experience is as we entered the metaverse, we discovered new Care Bears living there we didn't know existed. And when they hear us pitch that, then they say, what are you talking about? And lo and behold, we're doing it and it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see new Care Bears, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good. They're really good. I, I would also say, I would also say, there is a there is a, a Star Trek fan convention called Star Trek Mission Chicago. Uh, it's on April eighth, 9th, and tenth. 
Big wink, wink. You might want to be there or you might be able to tune in online, but that moment will likely be something relevant to us bringing Star Trek into the NFT space. And Ooh. other fun fact is that entire week, Trevor has promised to dress in a Spock outfit. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. It's on record now. Yeah. <laughs> With like, you're going to get like the ears too, right? Like, that are we thing. like, what kind of, are we, are we talking like when it's Halloween and you go down to like the giant costume store that didn't exist the week before and they have the Spock costume there? Or are we talking like movie level, uh, you know, like you're going to be there with, with uh, Chris Pine in the next movie kind of level, like, like true Spock. We're going for it. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm an, I'm an ultra fan, but I have seen every Spock episode maybe twice. <laughs> Like old, like, like, like original Star Trek, correct? O original series all the yeah. way through Discovery. I've seen them all. Okay. 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 So yeah, we're, but we're talking Nimoy um, level stuff. Okay, oh yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. What do you, do you guys have any like dream brands that you don't currently have signed that you're like courting or ones that are like way out of reach? Like, is there, is there, is there anything specific that you guys, um, if you're able to say that you don't currently have but that's something that's like way out there that you you guys would either of you really want to work with you're go going for all the secrets lg come on that's that i don't know if you know what the first mint is that's literally what we do <laughs> but we got to keep something secret that's fine that's fine you don't have to tell me everything you just Here's allude you could say some of your favorite lines from that movie series or whatever it is here's here here's what i'll tell you because i've been in licensing for a long time and you have the most fun when the brand you work with has the most content. So if you think about brands that are shallow in content, you probably can't create a great narrative in the metaverse. You really, you really want brands that have deep, rich content, not just nostalgic, also current too, because there's so many different ways you could take it and experience it. And that's really what we look for. When we're in these conversations every day, we, we want content. So anything specific? Like, I mean, like look, Jurassic I'll, Park I'll or something why. like that. I don't know any movies. Yeah, I mean, I think I, well, the problem with Jurassic Park, a, a T Rex is a T Rex. Although Jurassic Park is pretty cool. I, I, look, I think we'd be remiss to say I'm a huge fan of of Star Wars, right? I'm not saying we are or are not talking to them. I'm just saying that uh, you know Star Wars is an iconic franchise, right? Wouldn't anyone want Star Wars in NFT form, I think so. Hell yeah, absolutely. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, I just, I just, I just want to know if you guys had anything like really specific you were thinking on. So that's that's good. I like I like the mystery, uh, gentlemen. I I do I do want to kind of talk a little bit more about the future before we fully wrap out here. Recur pass, lots of depth, early access to lots of great stuff coming, like Care Bears, and also has its own gamification coming. In like three, five, ten years, like where this entire space, you guys are clearly innovating. You're bringing a lot of great partners into here. Where, where is this space in the future? Like, what, what, how are we using and trading and, and integrating NFTs into our lives in like five years? And and feel free to give me some absolutely like wild, likely never going to happen predictions because that's what I want to hear. So. First of all, I just want to tell a little quick story because this space is really happening. So when I was on the trading desk or the crypto desks five years ago about, we would talk to every large institution and family office and big investor and corporate and say, you guys got to get involved in crypto. And they would look at us like we were crazy. Maybe they would have one or two folks in the, in the firm that would be interested. And then like the next year, they started having like blockchain teams. And then the next year, the teams got a little bigger. And then finally, over the past year, you're really starting to see some institutions come into crypto. With NFTs, it's significantly different. The growth is happening much, much faster. So like when we're going out and when Trevor and I are speaking with all these licensors, like they're signing up, right? We know all the IP that we're bringing into this ecosystem and it's coming like now. So we think this, this whole entire industry is about to start becoming way more mainstream because it allows for fans to really be able to engage. And if you think about it, historically, you know, throughout the history of the internet, it's all been around community. So in the late 90s, you had the internet bulletin boards, then the AOL chat rooms, which we all remember. 
to then Reddit and now Discord where you actually have voice interaction, right? Community and now NFTs, which allow communities globally really to get together and rally around a like-minded thing and continue to participate in that brand, in that IP, in that sports team, what, whatever it is. So what's going to start happening, it's our view, is that the space is gonna become a whole lot more immersive. So much new capital is coming into this ecosystem and there's so many smart and talented companies, you know, ours included, but so many other incredible businesses out there that are working on developing what this metaverse might be. And as it becomes more immersive, that's where things can really go to the next level. So where you'll, able, you'll be able to take your Care Bears NFT with you to some game, to some metaverse, and it will become more immersive. The metaverse, which is like this code word for like digital world, it's not one thing, it's not metaverse, it's really metaverses. And there's gonna be all sorts of other opportunities where you're gonna be able to go express yourself digitally, but it will also blend physically. And you're gonna find ways that you can, you know, really engage beyond just purchasing an NFT. So the way we see it is NFTs are gonna be massively mainstream. People are gonna demand that all the digital items they ever purchase be NFTs, because that's proof of real ownership. And everything will have to be blockchain agnostic because you're gonna to want to be interoperable because there are gonna be killer applications that are gonna be built on one chain and maybe a new chain is gonna come out in three years and you're gonna to wanna to be able to take something there and another business might choose to do something somewhere else. So interoperability is gonna be huge. Chain agnostic will be a must and you will, you will need all businesses to be chain agnostic. And by having NFTs, your community is going to be 10 times more strong and the participants in the community are gonna have a way more immersive experience because they'll be with all sorts of like-minded people. So we're super bullish uh, on this space and what's happening and we're seeing a lot of the development happening behind the scenes too. Uh, but five years from now, every single digital asset sold period is going to be an NFT. Love it. Trevor, any, any counter predictions? Well, I think it's gonna change fandom forever. You know, even the biggest fans in the world, maybe, your office that you're talking to us now is decked out with some collectibles on a shelf. Maybe you own a t-shirt, maybe you own a costume and you're coming to the Star Trek convention. I don't know, but like the biggest fans in the world, all they can do is consume and merchandise their home and go to meetups, etc. But imagine, imagine when the fan owns an NFT, now they have skin in the game. Now they are incentivized to, to further the community and the, and, and the bigger the community gets, the bigger the franchise gets, the more utility that comes their way. And so think about how brands communicate to fans now. Now it's not, hey, I have this product, you should buy it. Now it's, oh, you're part of my community and I can see you there, token holder? Here's what we're gonna do for you. And I think it's gonna change the entire way brands communicate to fans, it's not put out a movie and release merch, it's put out a movie and how do I speak to my biggest community? It's put on the NBA season or the college football season or the college basketball season and oh, you attend the stadium and you hold an NFT? Here's how I'm gonna speak to you, I think it's all gonna change. I love that, I love that. Just so many layers, right? And that's that's exactly what we're thinking and, and, and love to hear that that's where you guys are at. Um, there's the, well, okay. There's two more things we need to do. One, I have one more question for you guys and you've already given us some great alpha. Is there anything else you want to share? And I promise this podcast comes out, I think in like four days or something like that. I promise I won't tell anybody the editor will hear it, but otherwise no one else will know anything that you share with us right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> what I can tell you leading up to Star Trek is that what is being launched has never before been done in Star Trek history dating back to 1966, no one has ever in the world seen the types of art or creative approach that we are bringing to the table ever in history. That's all that I'll say. Sweet. Is that when all these fans who are collecting IP and brands they love, they're gonna wanna know that these are really NFTs and they're on chain and our assets are. So these really are the first editions, the first Star Trek items, the first Nickelodeon items. And mm -hmm. that's something to think about. So no matter, matter what, the proof, is, the proof is there forever, right on the blockchain. And that's something that all these fans should really be remembering. Real NFTs. I love it. That's awesome. 
guys, we're at the end of the show, and there's a game we play at the end of every show. And this is this isn't in the outline or anything that you guys were shared with before, but we do it with every guest, and it's called Would You Rather. Okay, you guys know how this game works. Oh yeah, I went to summer camp. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I give you two options. You tell me which one you would rather. Okay, so <clears throat> we'll start with a really, really, really easy one. I always kick it off easy. And this is this this is unlicensed, no brands or anything. Would you rather make poutine NFTs or s'mores NFTs? S'mores. Oh, I'm going poutine all day. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, you guys are getting one of each. There you go. Okay, see, easy one. All right, harder one, because who knows what kind of conversations you've had. Would you rather make Mission Impossible movie franchise NFTs or Fast and Furious movie franchise NFTs? <laughs> I'll tell you, we have an answer. We do have an answer, but we'll have, you'll have uh, to stay tuned. <laughs> no, but like we were here. The, here's the deal. Fast and the Furious because it's all about family. Yeah. How about that? You'll have to get the Corona license too there, Trevor, for every end scene, for the end scene of every single one of those movies. <laughs> you'll have yeah, to go I'm get sure. that. And, 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 and I'm sure we'd have to go to every car manufacturer also. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay, great, great answer. Okay, final one. Also movie-based. Would you rather make Twilight Saga movie NFTs or Fifty Shades of Grey movie franchise NFTs? Who gave you our roadmap? (laughs) (laughs) Shit, sorry. (laughs) That's a... I don't know which one of those would be more amazing for you guys to release right after like Care Bears. Can, can we unsubscribe from this question? <laughs> yes, you don't have to say anything. <laughs> unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. <laughs> oh I, man. Okay. I, 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 I'd rather I'd rather be surrounded by twenty five two year olds screaming about soggy French fries. I don't know. that's a fantastic scenario you just made up on your own so we'll go with that we'll go with that uh you know refrain from answer prefer to be surrounded by a bunch of angry two-year-olds about soggy french fries i love that we'll leave it there gentlemen thank you so much for your time it's been fantastic to chat with you guys and uh good luck uh you know good luck with your 24 7 conversation good luck with everything you recur um and honored honored to be working with you guys as well yeah awesome thanks lg we appreciate it too that is going to do it for us today, folks. Thank you for listening. As you know, we have a few other partnerships going on right now at the First Mint, including this NFTU Recur One and a few others that we've spoken about. Those will be coming on the podcast as well as other original podcasts coming from me with back to our regular scheduled programming with guests and all that. So stay tuned for next time on the First Mint.